0: To hanging on for hope i'm your host andrea page hanging on for hope is the stories about people working to overcome trauma and adversity from incarceration to kids in crisis postpartum depression, acute grief and loss, and serious health challenges, we hear from everyday people on what they're going through and how they get through it. We also hear from experts on the latest strategies, supports, treatment, and brain science for overcoming adverse life experiences and improving quality of life. The human experience is influenced by so many things. Together, we can learn how to overcome the more difficult aspects of life while seeking personal, social, and political justice. Today's guest is Patrick Nelson James, who goes by Nellie. He grew up in the Jane and Finch community of Toronto, Canada, where he was exposed to a lot of things he should not have been, like killings, muggings, and drug dealing. He was even stabbed by his own blood brother. He grew up in a single-parent household for most of his life, and there was a lot of conflict. His circumstances caused depression, and he turned to gang, drugs, and alcohol, and got into a lot of fights. Today, we will hear about how he has turned his life around and is helping others do the same. He has now authored two books and regularly speaks in mentors and has had his work acknowledged with many awards. A huge warm welcome to you, Nellie. Thank you for coming on my show today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> so- I actually listened to you on a different show um, and I was like, wow, look at this man, this young man who is a beacon of hope for so many people. You know, I, i I, when I see a young man like you come from such challenging circumstances, I feel hope, which is what my podcast is about. Um, can you share a little bit more, um, you know, the early days of your story and, and, kind of, you know, how things
1: went wrong for you? It all started when I was, you know, about maybe nine years old, I'd say, right? Um, My dad was, uh, basically at that time, he was going back and forth from the States. Um, Me and my mother weren't too compatible, (laughs) you know, so we're um, always into it. We're always getting into it. Um, but also, I came to terms that you know she didn't really like me, and the reason why she didn't like me is because, you know, I looked like my father, so I was facing a lot of um, a lot of mental abuse,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, even a little bit of uh, physical abuse as well. Um, but so what, what happened there is, I started to. You know, I, I began to become like a pressure cooker, you know. Um so I'm in school and you know, if anyone says the slightest thing to me now, then I, I'm ready to fight because I don't I don't know love, I don't know peace. I'm not living in peace. All I know is war. So I'm ready to war with anybody, right?
0: Well, and
1: um office. as pardon?
0: Is it so well put because i often say to people because i do advocacy for youth in crisis uh, and i I also have had my oldest son particularly uh spent has struggled a lot uh with some of the same things you have struggled with um when we don't know when we don't know peace and all we've known is hostility and anger uh, we become that
1: yeah it's true yep and and um because of that a lot of people obviously didn't want to be around you you know and um that in itself again is another problem that you have to deal with because you know that people don't want to be around you because you're negative now right, right. and um most times people don't want to be around a person who's negative right so what you find is people will accept you other negative people People are doing worse things than you right and um that's where things went downhill for me too you know joining the gangs running around with the gangs and um you know going to school and i'm I'm fighting teachers and i'm fighting the students anybody who's who i find offensive you know and um you know eventually i started to have even a a self-hate for myself my self-esteem was low because of all the things that were being told to me being told that i'm not i'm not good enough i'm not i'm not smart i'm dumb i'm stupid everything like that was being thrown at me and um because of that again range but a lot of uh sadness and hurt and pain so eventually i started to slip down into that um depression portal right where I felt like if I could take my own life, right? And um, <laughs> the only thing that really stopped me from doing that, I'll say, is God.
0: <clears throat> That's, I mean, thank God that that has been the thing that has anchored you. And uh, if you don't mind, I just wanted to comment on a, on a few things that you'd said, because yes. you know, I get very frustrated when I hear these media stories referring to you know young men who may be gang affiliated as as trash thugs and and, you know i understand every society you know we all have a desire to feel safe when we're not willing to look at root causes we are we are a part of the problem and you know you you talked about people not wanting to be around you because of your rage and anger and I remember speaking to a defense lawyer once who works with a lot of young men in crisis, and she kind of says, you know, they're all the lost boys. If you get to talking to any of them, every single one of them is coming from really challenging, painful life experiences where, yep. and most often, they, you know, it, it, I always say, when you see this level of violence in a, from a human being, it's, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't care about themselves, let alone anyone exactly. else. You can't yep. expect somebody to care about other people who doesn't know how to care about themselves and has never been given a chance to understand what healthy attachment looks like.
1: Exactly,
0: exactly. You know, it, 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 we need to have a trauma-informed conversation around how to conquer gang violence.
1: Yep, immediately.
0: And you're doing that, and I'm so grateful. <laughs> because I've been, it's interesting too, because I'm, I'm not gonna name names, but there's another kind of high profile politician in, in Toronto that is doing some, you know, anti-gun violence and, and, and a very mm-hmm. few people are talking about the trauma piece and it's the most important.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. If,
0: and you will not find somebody who's gang affiliated who is not coming from adverse childhood experiences. You will not find one. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Definitely, so, definitely.
0: You ha- so, you know, it was the church and getting back to the church that ha- um, has helped you kind of anchor yourself.
1: Um, yeah, that is, that as well as, um, as well as music. Cause uh, I found music as my, as my therapy as well. Uh, Cause I play, I play bass guitar. So, um, I found that every time I played the guitar, I was, I was releasing steam and, and all this anger. I let it all out in music.
0: Well, and it's interesting too, that you would say that because I'm always kind of exploring, you know, we like to have these very surface conversations about how to overcome trauma, right? And we're mm-hmm. looking at people who are at risk and vulnerable and dealing with like these profoundly traumatic life experiences, but they don't necessarily have the, the opportunities to seek meaningful treatment because it's costly and, effect and, and inaccessible. Music, music is, you know, been shown to rewire the brain, right? Uh, yep. The patterns, uh, it is actually really distinctly linked to some of the same kind of concepts that a lot of uh, really kind of well-regarded trauma therapies um, in terms of how do we rewire the brain for trauma? What does that look like? uh and music yeah. is an amazing tool so it's great that you found that and uh um so what else have so you used you've um church you've used music mm-hmm. have you have you yourself engaged in um therapy or um work
1: uh, um no i i haven't actually um i just <laughs> To me, I, I still find it amazing that I'm at the, the, you know, the point that I am right now because it was extremely difficult to get to the point where I am. So a, a lot of things um, that I faced, I feel like I kind of just used it as fuel to my, to my fire. Like I still have that fire there that was burning when I was at a young age, but right. now it's, it's in a different pit. Like it's in the pit of positivity in terms of the oven of negativity, you know? So I just use that energy, um, you know, convert it in, into positive energy and I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to to save others from doing the same thing or to stop them from doing um, what they already might be doing already.
0: Wow, and you are right, it is really quite amazing because, you know, a very small percentage of people, could overcome the circumstances that you have been faced with without a huge amount of intervention right so somehow well. you are to me, when i hear you speak and i i look at what you've done it, it's very clear to me you're a very very gifted person um uh, and i also am you know really aware that you you know just we talked the other day just kind of off you know when we were first kind of getting to know each other like yeah healing healing transgenerational trauma because even though you didn't say it exactly like that it does mm-hmm. very clearly that your mother probably has had a lot of trauma that your siblings, yeah. that your siblings have had a lot of trauma and mm-hmm. you know in fact i mean y- you were you were violently attacked by your sibling correct? yeah
1: uh, yes
0: and how have you been able to have Have you been able to heal any of your relationships
1: um well yeah um i i wouldn't say that i have any um bad relationships with any one of my siblings anymore um you know because you know everything is this I feel like everything just kind of just fell into place, you know, like my, um, my mom, since she was, you know, um, the person who was <laughs> the most aggressive, the most angry, you know, that anger spilled down the train from my, you know, one of my older brothers to my right down to my younger sisters. So um, when she started to get a little bit more tame than a little bit more um, you know, a little bit more nice, then you started to see it in the other kids, you know, which was, which was good, you know, because then it, it, that's where you can heal. You, you can't, I, I don't think you can heal in chaos. So, 100%. um, yep. Yeah. So when that peace came, it gave everybody a little bit of an opportunity to heal and move past, um, the trauma that we were all facing before
0: and you said that it's interesting because i was in a, a a mom's group for kids in crisis last night and the mom was saying you know how stressed out she is because the child's behavior is so terrible and what do i do and what do i do and and, and it's it's a hard thing right because when you're in it yeah. especially as the parent who's the provider and you're stressed out it's so hard to step back and sometimes take a look at yourself but i yeah. also the best way to heal your children is to heal yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right, definitely.
0: Because, you know, you can't. Your children can't heal as effectively if you don't. Yeah, um, it's so I, true. I'm happy to hear that you and your family have made progress. I, I suspect, just like many people, who many families who have come from, you know, lots of trauma, it will mm-hmm. it will be work for the rest of your life. Um, yeah, definitely. The goal is, I guess, is that when, you know, you become a father, hopefully one day, Mm -hmm. that you will have, you know, you will have done enough of the work on yourself that you won't be passing down that trauma.
1: Exactly. Yep. That's, that's always one thing that I told myself as well, that, you know, I I wouldn't allow myself to um, (laughs) allow my child to go through what I've been through. That's, that's a complete no, no. No, that's just that's just not happening
0: and, and in <laughs> yeah. that, you know um i think you know when i look at my own transgenerational trauma it's been very helpful for me helpful for me to look at my mom and and even myself because mm-hmm. i passed on transgenerational trauma mm-hmm. my children because of my unresolved issues I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't change the past um yeah you know we we do the best with what we can with what we have but when you know better, that's when it's time to do better.
1: To do better, yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. you are doing so much better. Tell me about your books.
1: Um, okay, so uh, my first book, uh, um, I finished writing that book when I was about, yeah, about, yeah, about 18 years old. And um, that book is about my life. <laughs> yeah. It's about my life. Um, I remember I finished writing it when I was in the States, um, and it's about my life from about the age of uh, nine years old to right up where I stopped the book, 18, right? And it's speaking about everything that I'm, well, a little bit of what I spoke about today with the, um, self-esteem issues, uh, um, depression, uh, suicide, um, you know, it, it's also a little bit of a guide too how to deal with peer pressure, you know, um how to choose, you know, even the right partner <laughs> because at 18 um I've seen a lot of things and I've seen you know relationships not to get into because it they're it so plain in my eyes even at that age, right? Um even being in school and all that stuff, right? And um you know, my perspective on, on certain things as well. And I, I feel like it just really benefit not only the youth, but even um, some of the, the adults in today as well. So, right?
0: so you're an 18-year-old boy coming out of Jane and Finch who's been affiliated with gang violence and dealing mm. with serious transgenerational trauma, and you complete a book. Whole Yeah. <laughs> Are you, uh, like... I, my eyes are welling up with tears and my heart feels so full when I'm talking to you because I just feel like I want to buy your book for every young male that I know right now. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a, a wonderful feeling to just know that you can, you can help somebody, you know, or help as much people as you can through, through the, through the books that I've, that I've written.
0: You know, so tell about your second book
1: the second book it is um it's a smaller book and this one is all about quotes quotes that um are meant to get you through your day you know or even get you through get you through life you know um and that's what that is, motivational, inspirational quotes. It's called 55 Quotes to Greatness. And the first one was called Changes Coming. The the second one is 55 quotes to um to greatness with quotes uh by myself.
0: Amazing. Wow. So how like so I keep thinking to myself as you're talking, because I also saw that you were winning some awards last night. I suspect yeah. you've got like way like there's so many more awards coming your way okay <laughs> you know you are you are the work you're doing is desperately needed and and we don't need just anybody to be doing it to be honest we, yeah we need young black males to be doing this work. yeah and yeah. so first of all I, I have so much gratitude for the way that you are choosing to use your life experiences to show up and serve and my, oh, yes. mind, my mind is whirling, like, how can we get this young man in front of all of, you know, because, you no know, I, I my whole thing is like, I, I my house, is, <laughs> I have to say my house is like, a I've always got, you know, a few boys staying here, friends of, you know, kids who are facing things. But I also, yes. think, I know that I'm not the voice that they need to hear the most.
1: They need mm-hmm. to hear
0: voices like yours. And so... When you're doing, you done guest speaking. Yeah. Like, let's say um, my local school board wanted to book you to come mm-hmm. in and speak to the students. How would they go about doing that?
1: Um, um. Well, they can go about doing it through my um uh, through email. They shoot me an email. Um, my email is n e e l s o n dot james at So that's Nelson, but with two E's. Yeah. dot james at gmail.com yeah yeah and then from there um if they just were to send me the the dates and the details i'll, I'll definitely it'll be in my best interest to come out there
0: of course um yeah. I, you know your leadership is the it, it is such a huge piece of the puzzle when i see again these conversations um about how to reduce gang and gun violence uh uh on the streets that don't that don't come with meaningful conversations about mentorship yes. and, and dealing with trauma uh not to say that people aren't presenting good ideas they are presenting good ideas but they're missing yeah. they're missing the roots and the roots yeah. are meaningful mentorship so people who mm-hmm. i can't sit there and tell a young male how to live his life i can so i can care and i can really mean well but yeah. I'm not the the face, or I do not have the lived experience. So mm-hmm. you know, this is where someone like you is an essential, crucial part of the conversation. And yeah. and if the conversation is not, again, something that frustrates me, even when I do my corrections advocacy, I, I I'm always frustrated why we are throwing clearly at. Mm-hmm um traumatized young males. And and yes, you know what? If you do the crime, you do have to be held to the consequences. Yeah. But we can't just be shoving people into cells and then wondering why they're not getting better. Yeah. We there has
1: exactly. to be
0: meaningful treatment. We we the whole idea is to deal with the root causes that cause people to to act out in these ways in the first place. So I I actually haven't been so excited about coming across somebody in a really long time. I just want to let you know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, I, man, since I met you, the vibe is so great. And, you know, I appreciate you as well. I appreciate you a lot. And all the work that you've been doing too. It's it's definitely amazing. And it's, it's, it's greatly needed as well. Definitely.
0: Well, I just wanted to let you know as we sign off that this will probably be you know for my my listeners uh not the last time that you will be hearing from Nelly uh I know that myself yeah. and anyone I can get on his team uh will be doing whatever we can to make sure that we can continue to get this young man um mm-hmm. all of the support that he needs to do the the work that he was meant yes. to do uh, yes so just before we we leave what what would you love your if you could Inspire because you know, let's say we need about like thousands more of you yeah. My my 17 year old son uh, almost 17 who has really yeah. a lot of work on himself and it, um, He has talked sometimes about getting into this type of work that you're doing, you know what would you yeah. tell, What would you tell a young person who's kind of at the fork in the road? Like what's your first step like? You know, what, what can you do to kind of get the support to start becoming more of a leader?
1: Okay. Um, what I would say is to seek, uh, the first thing is I would say to seek role models, right? Um, seek people who you look up to, you know, good role models. Because um, I remember for me, uh, one of my greatest role models was uh, one of my uncles who passed away. Uh, his name was Cameron Frey, and he's really about his family, you know. And he was on the mission that I'm on right now as well, you know. He had a little business called Daddy's House. And I remember the little slogan, Daddy's House. We're here to ensure that every child has a father, father figure in his or her life, right, to keep them from off the streets and all this stuff, right? So he, he was really, um, what I would say, a power, mentor to me as well you know and uh, I'll say it's great to have a mentor but also to um, to um, to also find out your strengths find out your weaknesses and come up with a plan to, to execute whatever you're trying to execute right and dream big and, and don't, don't really care what anybody thinks about your dream because your dream is your dream and you got to go out there and go get it at any cost
0: And I think you just actually hit another valuable point. Um, I think one of the big challenges for young males, um, and I hear this from my boys all the time, is Mm -hmm. that it is very difficult. The peer pressure is constant. Yes. Um, Young men and young boys are denied their emotions uh, literally in almost every space. It's often even in their homes. But definitely in public spaces where the the kind of mindset is, you know, this is how boys and men show up and it's that bravado and and all of those things that don't make it safe for boys and men to talk about the difficult things that they're going through. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, and I've watched particularly my one son, um, you know, step away from his peer group and, and just stand alone like an island for a hot minute because mm. <laughs> He needed to kind of get himself out of, out of the kind of habit of the way everybody was interacting, and it, it gave him a yeah. grow, but it was also pretty isolating because to your point, you know all of the young men who are in crisis typically one of the, one of the key challenges is that they don't have a positive male role model.
1: Yep. Um, yeah
0: so you know we just. <laughs> You know, we got to work together to create space for that. and For more, for
1: more positive role models. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's true. It, it makes such a big difference, you know, because the role models that I find a lot of, you know, the younger kids look up to are the rappers who are talking about guns and selling drugs. You know, the normal, you know, and um, when those people are your role models, you'll end up doing what they're doing. Or what they're not even doing, but they're talking about it, right? Yeah. And what they're not what they're not getting is that they're they're millionaires. So even if they do get into the trouble, they're out. If you get into the trouble, you're stuck. So that's one thing that these young people have to think about too. You know, is to come up with positive role models, people who are, who are preaching changes and positivity and how to move forward.
0: And I, I liked what you said about planning too. And I think. These are kind of the conversations that often vulnerable and at risk kids don't hear. Um, But, you know, and my, my younger son particularly was resistant for a while, but he does it. It's like every, you know, at least once a year, but if not twice, I'll have the boys sit down and create vision boards, you know, it's and and the truth is, is that it really does help keep you focused on your goals. It does. There are a lot of distractions um, you know, and I read this thing the other day that went through my feed on Facebook. It said, uh, starve your distractions and feed your focus.
1: Mm, I love it. Right? Yep.
0: Which is what you did. That's actually what you did. This is how you yeah. you <laughs> starved your distractions and fed your focus. Yeah. That that <laughs> is from hearing you and listening to you, that has been the key to your success. Yeah. <laughs> well you,
1: you have to <laughs> yeah.
0: Nellie thank you so much for coming on the show um, we're gonna sign off now for all of my listeners thank you for listening um, this is Nellie yeah. Jenkins and this is andrea page and this is hanging on for hope mm-hmm.